Section one of The History of Mary Prince by Mary Prince. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The History of Mary Prince, Part One. I was born at Brackish Pond, in Bermuda, on a farm belonging to Mr. Charles Miners. My mother was a household slave, and my father, whose name was Prince, was a sawyer belonging to Mr. Trimmingham, a shipbuilder at Crow Lane. When I was an infant, old Mr. Miners died, and there was a division of the slaves and other property among the family. I was bought along with my mother by old Captain Darrell, and given to his grandchild, little Miss Betsy Williams. Captain Williams, Mr. Darrell's son-in-law, was master of a vessel which traded to several places in America and the West Indies, and he was seldom at home long together. Mrs. Williams was a kind-hearted good woman, and she treated all her slaves well. She had only one daughter, Miss Betsy, for whom I was purchased, and who was about my own age. I was made quite a pet of by Miss Betsy, and loved her very much. She used to lead me about by the hand, and call me her little nigger. This was the happiest period of my life, for I was too young to understand rightly my condition as a slave, and too thoughtless and full of spirits to look forward to the days of toil and sorrow my mother was a household slave in the same family i was under her own care and my little brothers and sisters were my playfellows and companions my mother had several fine children after she came to mrs williams three girls and two boys the tasks given out to us children were light and we used to play together with Miss Betsy, with as much freedom almost as if she had been our sister. My master, however, was a very harsh, selfish man, and we always dreaded his return from sea. His wife was herself much afraid of him, and, during his stay at home, seldom dared to show her usual kindness to the slaves. He often left her in the most distressed circumstances, to reside in other female society, at some place in the West Indies of which I have forgot the name. My poor mistress bore his ill-treatment with great patience, and all her slaves loved and pitied her. I was truly attached to her, and, next to my own mother, loved her better than any creature in the world. My obedience to her commands was cheerfully given. It sprung solely from the affection I felt for her, and not from fear of the power which the white people's law had given her over me. I had scarcely reached my twelfth year when my mistress became too poor to keep so many of us at home, and she hired me out to Mrs. Pruden, a lady who lived about five miles off, in the adjoining parish, in a large house near the sea. I cried bitterly at parting with my dear mistress and Miss Betsy, and when I kissed my mother and brothers and sisters, I thought my young heart would break, it pained me so. But there was no help, I was forced to go. Good Mrs. Williams comforted me by saying that I should still be near the home I was about to quit, and might come over and see her and my kindred whenever I could obtain leave of absence from Mrs. Pruden. A few hours after this I was taken to a strange house, and found myself among strange people. This separation seemed a sore trial to me then, but oh, twas light, light to the trials I have since endured. Twas nothing, 
nothing to be mentioned with them but i was a child then and it was according to my strength i knew that mrs williams could no longer maintain me that she was fain to part with me for my food and clothing and i tried to submit myself to the change my new mistress was a passionate woman but yet she did not treat me very unkindly i do not remember her striking me but once and that was for going to see mrs williams when i heard she was sick and staying longer than she had given me leave to do all my employment at this time was nursing a sweet baby little master daniel and i grew so fond of my nursling that it was my greatest delight to walk out with him by the seashore accompanied by his brother and sister miss fanny and master james dear miss fanny she was a sweet kind young lady and so fond of me that she wished me to learn all that she knew herself and her method of teaching me was as follows directly she had said her lessons to her grandmamma she used to come running to me and make me repeat them one by one after her and in a few months i was able not only to say my letters but to spell many small words but this happy state was not to last long those days were too pleasant to last my heart always softens when i think of them at this time mrs williams died i was told suddenly of her death and my grief was so great that forgetting i had the baby in my arms i ran away directly to my poor mistress's house but reached it only in time to see the corpse carried out oh that was a day of sorrow a heavy day all the slaves cried my mother cried and lamented her sore and i foolish creature vainly entreated them to bring my dear mistress back to life i knew nothing rightly about death then and it seemed a hard thing to bear when i thought about my mistress i felt as if the world was all gone wrong and for many days and weeks i could think of nothing else i returned to mrs pruden's but my sorrow was too great to be comforted for my own dear mistress was always in my mind whether in the house or abroad my thoughts were always talking to me about her i stayed at mrs pruden's about three months after this i was then sent back to mr williams to be sold oh that was a sad sad time i recollect the day well mrs pruden came to me and said mary you will have to go home directly your master is going to be married and he means to sell you and two of your sisters to raise money for the wedding hearing this i burst out a-crying though i was then far from being sensible of the full weight of my misfortune or of the misery that waited for me besides i did not like to leave mrs pruden and the dear baby who had grown very fond of me for some time i could scarcely believe that mrs pruden was in earnest till i received orders for my immediate return dear miss fanny how she cried at parting with me whilst i kissed and hugged the baby thinking i should never see him again i left mrs pruden's and walked home with a heart full of sorrow the idea of being sold away from my mother and miss betsy was so frightful that i dared not trust myself to think about it we had been bought of mr minors as i have mentioned by miss betsy's grandfather and given to her so that we were by right her property 
and i never thought we should be separated or sold away from her when i reached the house i went in directly to miss betsy i found her in great distress and she cried out as soon as she saw me oh mary my father is going to sell you all to raise money to marry that wicked woman you are my slaves and he has no right to sell you but it is all to please her she then told me that my mother was living with her father's sister at a house close by and i went there to see her it was a sorrowful meeting and we lamented with a great and sore crying our unfortunate situation here comes one of my poor pickaninnies she said the moment i came in one of the poor slave brood who are to be sold to-morrow oh dear i cannot bear to think of that day it is too much it recalls the great grief that filled my heart and the woeful thoughts that passed to and fro through my mind whilst listening to the pitiful words of my poor mother weeping for the loss of her children i wish i could find words to tell you all i then felt and suffered the great god above alone knows the thoughts of the poor slave's heart and the bitter pains which follow such separations as these all that we love taken away from us oh it is sad sad and sore to be borne i got no sleep that night for thinking of the morrow and dear miss betsy was scarcely less distressed she could not bear to part with her old playmates and she cried sore and would not be pacified the black morning at length came it came too soon for my poor mother and us whilst she was putting on us the new osnaburgs in which we were to be sold she said in a sorrowful voice i shall never forget it see i am shrouding my poor children what a task for a mother she then called miss betsy to take leave of us i am going to carry my little chickens to market these were her very words take your last look of them maybe you will see them no more oh my poor slaves my own slaves said dear miss betsy you belong to me and it grieves my heart to part with you miss betsy kissed us all and when she left us my mother called the rest of the slaves to bid us good-bye one of them a woman named moll came with her infant in her arms ay said my mother seeing her turn away and look at her child with the tears in her eyes your turn will come next the slaves could say nothing to comfort us they could only weep and lament with us when i left my dear little brothers and the house in which i had been brought up i thought my heart would burst our mother weeping as she went called me away with the children hannah and dinah and we took the road that led to hambletown which we reached about four o'clock in the afternoon we followed my mother to the market-place where she placed us in a row against a large house with our backs to the wall and our arms folded across our breasts i as the eldest stood first hannah next to me then dinah and our mother stood beside crying over us my heart throbbed with grief and terror so violently that i pressed my hands quite tightly across my breast but i could not keep it still and it continued to leap as though it would burst out of my body but who cared for that 
did one of the many bystanders who were looking at us so carelessly think of the pain that wrung the hearts of the negro woman and her young ones no no they were not all bad i dare say but slavery hardens white people's hearts towards the blacks and many of them were not slow to make their remarks upon us aloud without regard to our grief though their light words fell like cayenne on the fresh wounds of our hearts oh those white people have small hearts who can only feel for themselves at length the vendue master who was to offer us for sale like sheep or cattle arrived and asked my mother which was the eldest she said nothing but pointed to me he took me by the hand and led me out into the middle of the street and turning me slowly round exposed me to the view of those who attended the vendue i was soon surrounded by strange men who examined and handled me in the same manner that a butcher would a calf or a lamb he was about to purchase and who talked about my shape and size in like words as if i could no more understand their meaning than the dumb beasts i was then put up to sale the bidding commenced at a few pounds and gradually rose to fifty-seven when i was knocked down to the highest bidder and the people who stood by said that i had fetched a great sum for so young a slave i then saw my sisters led forth and sold to different owners so that we had not the sad satisfaction of being partners in bondage when the sale was over my mother hugged and kissed us and mourned over us begging of us to keep up a good heart and do our duty to our new masters it was a sad parting one went one way one another and our poor mammy went home with nothing my new master was a captain i who lived at spanish point after parting with my mother and sisters i followed him to his store and he gave me into the charge of his son a lad about my own age master benjy who took me to my new home i did not know where i was going or what my new master would do with me my heart was quite broken with grief and my thoughts went back continually to those from whom i had been so suddenly parted oh my mother my mother i kept saying to myself oh my mammy and my sisters and my brothers shall i never see you again oh the trials the trials they make the salt water come into my eyes when i think of the days in which i was afflicted the times that are gone when i mourned and grieved with a young heart for those whom i loved it was night when i reached my new home the house was large and built at the bottom of a very high hill but i could not see much of it that night i saw too much of it afterwards the stones and the timber were the best things in it they were not so hard as the hearts of the owners before i entered the house two slave women hired from another owner who were at work in the yard spoke to me and asked who i belonged to i replied i am come to live here poor child poor child they both said you must keep a good heart if you are to live here when i went in i stood up crying in a corner mrs i came and took off my hat a little black silk hat miss pruden made for me and said in a rough voice 
you are not come here to stand up in corners and cry you are come here to work she then put a child into my arms and tired as i was i was forced instantly to take up my old occupation of a nurse i could not bear to look at my mistress her countenance was so stern she was a stout tall woman with a very dark complexion and her brows were always drawn together into a frown i thought of the words of the two slave-women when i saw mrs i and heard the harsh sound of her voice the person i took the most notice of that night was a french black called hetty whom my master took in privateering from another vessel and made his slave she was the most active woman i ever saw and she was tasked to her utmost a few minutes after my arrival she came in from milking the cows and put the sweet potatoes on for supper she then fetched home the sheep and penned them in the fold drove home the cattle and staked them about the pond side fed and rubbed down my master's horse and gave the hog and the fed cow their suppers prepared the beds and undressed the children and laid them to sleep i liked to look at her and watch all her doings for hers was the only friendly face i had as yet seen and i felt glad that she was there she gave me my supper of potatoes and milk and a blanket to sleep upon which she spread for me in the passage before the door of mrs i's chamber i got a sad fright that night i was just going to sleep when i heard a noise in my mistress's room and she presently called out to inquire if some work was finished that she had ordered hetty to do no ma'am not yet was hetty's answer from below on hearing this my master started up from his bed and just as he was in his shirt ran downstairs with a long cowskin in his hand i heard immediately after the cracking of the thong and the house rang to the shrieks of poor hetty who kept crying out oh massa massa me dead massa have mercy upon me don't kill me outright this was a sad beginning for me i sat up upon my blanket trembling with terror like a frightened hound and thinking that my turn would come next at length the house became still and i forgot for a little while all my sorrows by falling fast asleep the next morning my mistress set about instructing me in my tasks she taught me to do all sorts of household work to wash and bake pick cotton and wool and wash floors and cook and she taught me how can i ever forget it more things than these she caused me to know the exact difference between the smart of the rope the cart-whip and the cowskin when applied to my naked body by her own cruel hand and there was scarcely any punishment more dreadful than the blows i received on my face and head from her hard heavy fist she was a fearful woman and a savage mistress to her slaves end of section one